something about freedom that God brings a freedom in our lives, but actually sometimes we have to step into the fullness of that freedom. And the way I described it is it's a little bit like uh, before Jesus, we're kind of in a prison cell locked up and Jesus comes along in our lives and he unlocks the door to that prison cell and he says, come out. But we have to make that step to come out. And that's when we see that free indeed freedom. You know, we all have freedom. Jesus has unlocked the door in your life. You know, he's died on the cross for you. He loves you. He's declared freedom over you. But then we have to accept that freedom by getting up and, and leaving our chains behind, leaving the things that are holding us back behind and stepping out of that. And that is a little bit what free indeed freedom is all about. And um, this week I was looking into the life of Martin Luther King and, and maybe why we chose this quote from Martin Luther King. And, you know, actually, he was somebody who experienced freedom, but also, whilst he was experiencing freedom, he didn't experience the fullness of the freedom because they were signing civil rights civil right acts and all that kind of stuff. But he still constantly felt like there wasn't the fullness of that freedom. He was somebody who realized that actually somebody can say you're free, but it's not until you decide, I am free, I am free in Christ, and I walk in that freedom no matter what anybody says. He realized that that was the fullness of freedom. When you decide that not what anybody says matters about your life, it's about what you decide with you and God. That's what brings freedom in your life. And I believe that looking at Galatians 3, Galatians 3, this morning we can find full freedom in Christ. So um, the key text I'm going to look at, and you can scroll down or you can turn over in your Bible, is Galatians 3, 13. Galatians 3, 13. Galatians 3 und 13. In German. Auf Deutsch. Vielen Dank. I know a bit more German than I said. <laughs> It says this, Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree. Now I was messaging Ben last night because he messaged me saying, have you got a title for the sermon? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And we kind of went back and forth a little bit and I shared the, the verse that I'm doing. And he was like, yeah, kind of a tricky one that. And I was like, yeah. Typical Ben, he does this every time. Like he comes up with his really great series and like picks a book of the Bible or whatever. And then when he gets to a chapter he doesn't like, he just goes into his diary and goes, Josh is going to speak that week. <laughs> he does it every time. It's like, oh, a, a verse about snakes in the wilderness killing lots of people. Let's give that to Josh. This, this was a couple of months ago. I'm not bitter about it, as you can tell. Uh, and then he comes to Galatians 3 and he's like, oh, curse. Yeah, that sounds really difficult. Let's give that one to Josh. I'll just take Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Yeah. I'll just take all the rhythm. Sorry. <laughs> I have freedom from bitterness. Um, Christ redeemed us from the curse. By becoming a curse for us, for it is written, you know what it means when he says, for it is written in the Old Testament, it says, curse is anyone who hangs on a tree. And we kind of sang a little bit about a tree this morning in one of the songs, you know, the tree just means the cross. It's not um, something else going on. Uh, the tree kind of means, Paul's talking about when Jesus died on the cross, you know, he became a curse. This is a bit of a horrifying verse to read, a bit of a crazy verse to read, uh, especially if, like me, you believe that Jesus is God. Yeah. You don't just believe he was a man, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's just earth-shattering. It's, it's theologically mind-blowing to think that God would become a curse. It's insane. 
So we're going to unpack that this morning and what that means and how in Jesus, in doing that, can bring us full freedom, can bring us true freedom. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, this film, me and my wife were watching this film the other day, it's called The Imitation Game. Has anybody seen it before? Yeah, it's really cool. It's about um, this um, machine called Enigma, which uh, solves, it's, it's based in a world war, I think it's World War II, right? World War II, thanks Daniel. <laughs> or are you just saying peace? Uh, it's set in a world war and, and the Germans were kind of communicating to each other in code, right? And they were using this machine, um, no they weren't, they were uh, communicating to each other in code and they were trying to, the in English army were trying to crack the code and they used this uh, machine called Enigma to work it out. Uh, and I might have got some of the details wrong, but basically what was happening in the film and what was kind of getting me a little bit frustrated in the film was you had all these mathematicians and all these scientists coming along uh, trying to work out all these different methods to crack the code. And there was this one guy who was like, listen, I can crack the code. It's all about me. And I like him because oh, I like that attitude. It's all about me. Yeah. Uh, but everyone was focusing on the method. But what they needed to do was focus on the man. Instead of trying to crack the code themselves and try and work it out, just let this guy do it. And it's a little bit like that in church, it's a little bit like that with God, isn't it? A lot of us, we focus on um, the word of God, you know, rightfully, and, and what God wants for us. And, you know, I want the peace of God, I want the forgiveness of God, and God's in heaven, like, focus on me. It's about me. If you want to find freedom, if you want to find peace, you find it in me. And it's a prayer that we pray a lot in church, and some people maybe just treat it a bit like an abracadabra, if I just say, in Jesus' name, at the end of the prayer, then it will happen. But when we pray, in Jesus' name, it's not so much that we're kind of adding weight to our prayer, or we're kind of saying, you know, this means that my prayer is now going to come true. In Jesus' name means that I'm literally in Jesus. Like, when I pray, in Jesus' name, it's because I'm in relationship with him. Does that make sense? So I step into who Jesus is. I step into relationship with Jesus. And that means that I get all that Jesus achieved. When he died on the cross for our forgiveness, when I step into his name, I receive that forgiveness. I can't stand apart from Jesus and ask him for his forgiveness. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Follow me. Step into who I am. Step into relationship with who I am. And you'll receive that forgiveness. It's a little bit like when me and my wife got married, when me and Emma got married, she got to receive the fullness of who I am, which wasn't very much at the time. <laughs> but I got to receive the fullness of who she was. And she had a car, and she had a good job, and she had a house, and all that kind of stuff. So when I stepped into that relationship, I received all of who she was. And it was amazing for me. <laughs> and it's the same with Jesus. You know, a little bit earlier in the passage, Galatians 3.3, 3, if you scroll up a little bit or you turn over in your Bible, Galatians 3.3 3 says this, are you, so, are you so foolish? This is another verse that Ben must have read to give to me. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And I read that verse this week and I was like, man, I do that so much. Instead of being in Christ, allowing God to work in and through me, I try and work it out myself. How many of us do that? How many have been caught in that trap before? You know, we can have the forgiveness of God. We can have the peace 
of God that surpasses all understanding. But instead of just being in Christ and receiving that through relationship, we just try and work it out ourselves. You know, let me order my finances so that we're debt free. You know, let me sort my kids out and discipline my kids so that they work themselves out. Instead of saying, God, I need you. I need you to work in and through my life. So I'm going to tell you three things. And honestly, in these three things, I've learned the hard way with these. So please don't feel like I'm like teaching you from a place of I've really kind of got this and I'm a success story in this because I've definitely got this wrong so many times. So I'm just going to hope that authenticity in this is going to help you uh, in your life. But there's three um, things that kind of God has worked in my life where I've kind of realized, you know what, if I just let go of control in this area and let God take control in this area, I can receive full freedom. And the first one is freedom in God's timing. Freedom in God's timing. The other day, um, I was playing with my kids. We were um, just having a great time. And uh, I kind of use this word a lot with my kids because if you've ever met my boy, Simeon, he's wild. Um, and most boys are wild, so I get that. It's all good. And he's awesome. Like, everybody who can come to his church, like, if I say Simeon, they just laugh straight away because they just know what he's like. He's mental. But I have to use this word, patience with Simeon. Simeon, have patience, because he's always asking me for things, and he always wants everything right now. Everyone say, right now. Right now. You know, I reckon we're a little bit of a microwave generation, aren't we? We want everything right now. We want it super quick. Like, if the internet's not working in a couple seconds, we, like, close the app and, like, reopen it straight away. Like, we can't just wait for maybe just a little bit longer for that thing to load. Like, oh, the internet's really slow. It's like, is it really slow? Or are we just impatient, yeah? And uh, my daughter Libby, who's really clever, she's a lot more intelligent than I am. She probably gets it from her mum. She says, what does patience mean? And I was like, I know what you're getting at. You're probably annoyed that I use this word patience all the time because I used to get annoyed when my parents used that word when I was a kid. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Be patient. And you always think about patience like in this really negative way, which means basically that you have to wait a super long time to get what you want. And I was just about to say, yeah, Libby, you know, it means you just have to wait a little bit to get what you want. And, and that's, that's kind of true. But as I was thinking about it a bit more, I felt like God just dropped something into my heart, which really changed my perspective on patience and God's timing. And I hope that it brings you freedom this morning. I felt like Jesus was saying, you know, patience isn't just waiting or taking your time. Patience is stepping into God's timing for your life. It's completely different. Because I felt like God was saying, well, what if I wanted to do something quicker than you? It's not just about slowness. It's not about speed. It's not about quickness or timing. It's actually about stepping into God's timing. That's what true patience is. It's not about waiting. It's about stepping into God's timing. In fact, the Bible actually says it. I didn't realize that till this morning. Uh, I was just doing a little bit of extra research, and 2 Peter 3.15 says this, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. So in other words, when I step into relationship with Christ, I step into his patience, I step into his timing. Now why is that freeing? Why is it freeing to step into God's timing? Because God wants the best for you. God wants the best for you. God made you. So naturally, if you make something, you want the best for your creation, right? So God made you. He wants the best for you. So when you step into his timing, things work out his way. And that's always better 
my way. Because what if there's something going on in your life and, and there's a real struggle and you're really finding it difficult and it's moving really slow and you think, oh, well, if I work things out, I can probably make it go a little bit quicker. What if God could make it go supernaturally fast? What if God could do something in three days that you think will take you three months? What if God wants actually to slow the thing down in your life? Because he wants to protect you from certain things that are going to happen along the way if you bend and shape it and force it. What if God actually wants something way better than what you had in mind? What if you're saving to get an amount of money and you think, yeah, if I save and I take my time and I do this, like I'm going to have this amount of money. What if you step into God's time and God actually says, actually, I want you to have double that amount of money. And if you just step into my timing, I can work that out. It's about stepping in. To God's timing. When we live in God's timing, we experience free indeed freedom. The patience of God and living in God's timing comes when we're in Christ. Step into who he is. So the first thing is freedom in God's timing. The second thing is freedom in submission to God. Now this is the only time that you'll find freedom in submission. Because they kind of don't go together, those two words. Right, But it's only when you submit to God. That's the only time when you submit to something that you can find freedom. Is when you submit to God. Because you step into your created purpose. You step into who God intended you to be. You know, um, after I gave my life to Christ, I was talking about that before. I started living my life and there was a few things that I was struggling with in my life. And I was trying to work them out. I was trying to fix it myself. And uh, one of these prayers that I always used to pray all the time was, God, I don't want to do these things. I don't want to do it. You might have prayed, prayed a prayer similar to this. God, I, I keep messing up. I keep making mistakes. You know, I don't want to do this. And then I felt like one time God said to me, yes, you do. You know, by nature, human beings, we're quite selfish. We do what we want to do. There's not going to be many things in your life that you do that you actually didn't want. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's face it. The Holy Spirit said to me, you want to do this stuff. And I had to be honest with myself. I say, yeah. You know, deep down, if I really look into it, I do want to do these things. And when you're honest with yourself, that's when the freedom starts to begin. Because I start to question, actually, well, well then why? Why do I want to do these things? Is it because I feel lacking in love? Is it because I feel lacking in acceptance? Is it because I feel like... My self-esteem is low. Is that why I'm doing these things? And then you start to realize, oh, there's all these holes in my life that I've been trying to fill with all these different things instead of just bringing it to Jesus. And saying, Lord, only you can do it. Instead of living life my way, the gospel says, I give my life to God. You know, lots of people talk about when you become a Christian, it's about getting Jesus in your life. And that's true, I want Jesus to be a part of my life. But actually, the gospel is, give your life over to God. Submit to him, allow him to work and move in your life. Paul says this in Romans 7.15. It's a bit of a long passage, but I'm going to read it because I think it's really good. And when I, every time I read this, I'm like, ah, oh, this sounds like me. So, he says this. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But I hate what I do. 
And if I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer myself who do it, but it's sin that's living in me. For I know the good in self does not dwell in me. That's my sinful nature. For I, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I, I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's the sin living in me that does it. Man, every time I read this, I'm like, oh, I do this all the time. The stuff that I don't want to do, I end up doing. The stuff that I do want to do, I end up not doing. And this sounds like a life outside of submission from God. We end up in these places, in these predicaments in life, where we end up doing things that we didn't want to do, and doing things that we didn't want to do. Has anybody felt like that before? When we step into God's timing, we step into his purpose. When we step into God's, when we submit ourselves to God, we step into who God really wants us to be. And we start to find fulfillment. We start to find satisfaction in life because we're doing what we, we were created to do because we've submitted to the creator, the one who made us in the first place. So I submit to God. And when I'm honest with myself and I give God my baggage, I give him my sin, I give him my weakness, and I'm honest with myself, I experience the free indeed freedom. Because God says, now I can work with you. Because you're being who you really are with me. You know, Hebrews 12 says this. Since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run the race with perseverance, that race which was marked out for us from the beginning by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I love that verse, but notice that he says two things. He says, throw off the weight and sin that so easily entangles us. You know, there's things in our lives that may not be sin. They may not necessarily be bad, but they're weights. They're things that distract us from what God wants for us. And when we submit to God, we find what God really wants us to do when we start to throw off, not just the sin, but actually the things that are distracting us from our God-given purpose. You know, there's a weight that I carry around in my pocket every single day that distracts me from God's purpose for my life. It's not necessarily sin, but so often it becomes a weight that gets heavier and heavier and heavier because it distracts me from what God wants me to do. I'm scrolling, I'm on Comparagram, which I've renamed, if you noticed, Instagram, Comparagram. You know, I go on Instagram and you see what everyone else is doing all the time, forgetting what God's called me to do. And I'm not living in the full freedom. But when we submit to God, we find freedom because we get the most out of who we're called to be. We get the most out of who God created us to be. It's a bit like this. Uh, has anybody play on PlayStation or Xbox in here? Or has anybody done that in their life before? Computer games? Got a few of you. And a few people are like slightly like, yeah, I kind of do, looking at their wife to see if they check in. Like, yeah, I do. No, I don't, babe, honestly. I never do anything <clears throat> like that. My wife's giving me the, the look. That's scary. I'm just going to stand over here. Um... But if you want to get the most out of the PlayStation and how it works, you can read the manual. If you don't know how things work, you can read the manual. You know, it literally gives you an instruction book. None of us really read it. Uh, and then we wonder why it's not working the way we want it to. 
but literally the PlayStation, Sony give you a manual for how it works. And wouldn't it be amazing if God gave us some sort of book, some sort of manual for how to get the most out of life? Don't you think that'd be really cool? Don't you think that'd be really good if like, there was just all these words written down by all these people who lived for God and learned all these lessons and talked about how God spoke to them. Oh, that'd be so amazing. Just have a book like that. Man. Anyway, let's just carry on with the talk. The word of God tells us how to live in freedom. God's literally given us his words. You know, so many times we're like, God, please speak to me. Please speak to me. I need, I need your word. And like we're looking up in the sky and not looking down on the table where the Bible is. There's a whole book of words from God where God wants to speak to you. You know, don't say, God, speak to me with your Bible closed. Open up the word of God. You see what he has to say. Because we can find how to be fully free. Fully free. And uh, the last uh, thing I want to say. Number three. Number three. Freedom in God's purpose. There's freedom in God's calling, who he's called you to be. You know, when you receive Christ and you're in Christ, you step into this beautiful truth that you are here on this earth on purpose, for a purpose. Shout out Brightline. Yeah? When you receive Christ and you're in Christ, you step into this beautiful truth that you are here on purpose, for a purpose. And not because of your own will, not because of somebody else's will. Not be you're not here because of your parents' will, but you're here because of God's will. I was reading this verse in the Bible the other day. I didn't even really notice it. Uh, it's in John chapter 1. Verse 12 says this, All who receive him and believe in his name become children of God. Now watch this. T children born not of a natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband or wife's will, but born of God. I'm going to read that again. Children born not of a natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband or wife's will, but born of God. Do you realise this morning you're born of God? Not because your mum or your dad wanted to have you, because God wanted you here on this earth. And he wanted you here in 2020 for a reason. You are here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not even here because your parents loved each other and they wanted to have you. You're here because God wanted to have you here. God wanted to have you here. That's the greater truth in your life. You know, my kids are here on this earth because God wanted them here. And I recognize that. And I see God's purpose in their life already. I see what God wants them to be. I see what, who God has made them to be already. And we called our daughter Liberty. I see that she's here for freedom. And I see that she's going to be a woman who stands in this generation and stands for women's rights and stands for freedom. That's why I gave her the name, Liberty. And I see that she's going to bring the gospel. She's going to bring the truth of God, which brings liberty. The second name is Joy. Brings joy. God frees us from sin. He brings us liberty from sin. And then he pushes us into joy. He pushes us into 
the freedom, the truth that God wants for us. Once you get free indeed freedom, the circumstances in your life no longer dictate who you are or your peace. You're only moved by the word of God. Because when I'm free indeed, when I step into God's timing, when I submit my life to God, when I step into God's purpose for my life, you know, I become in Christ. The things that go on in the world, they move me and they affect me and they're difficult and they're hard, but they don't move me from my position in Christ. I only move now by the word of God. I only, you know, if I have a deficit in my finances, I'm going to try and work that out, but at the end of the day, I'm going to take it to God and say, Lord, my finances are yours. Whatever you would have me do, I give them to you. And I let go of control and I let God work in my life. It's not some cheesy statement to let go and let God. It's a biblical truth that we should live by. But it's a biblical truth that brings us free indeed freedom. You can stay over here. You can stay trying to work it out in your own strength. You can stay trying to fix things yourselves. You can stay in the place of stress. You can stay in the place of control which leads to anxiety. Or you can step into free indeed freedom. And you can step into the peace of God by submitting your life wholly to who Jesus is. And I don't just mean becoming a Christian. Because you can live over here as a Christian. You can say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. I, you know, I follow Jesus. But I'm still just trying to work things out for myself. I'm still trying to, you know, find out what my purpose is for life. So I'm going to go to university. I'm going to do this. And none of that's bad. But you can still live you know, just in freedom as a Christian and not step into the free indeed freedom of who God's called you to be. Our freedom is in Christ. This is how I find freedom in Christ, by stepping into who he's called me to be. But why is it so important to become in Christ? Why do we have to be, you know, why do we have to like, be in relationship why can't we just like subscribe to what Jesus wants for us because in Christ the worst of humanity is redeemed and the best of humanity can be reborn in Christ the worst of humanity is redeemed and the best of humanity can be reborn that's what it's saying in this verse about the curse Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse on the cross, Jesus took, took upon himself the worst of me so that I could become the best of me. Jesus took on all of the worst of humanity. The very worst. That's why the Bible uses the word curse. The bottom of the bottom. The lowest of the low. He took it upon himself so that when we step into him, not only do we receive the redemption of the worst of ourselves, but how many of you know Jesus then came back to life and destroyed that curse and left it behind? And we can step into that same life. The Bible says that when I give my life to Jesus, I'm baptized in his death. I become a part of his death. I die and, and, and the worst of me, the curse, the sinful nature within me, everything that holds me back from God's given purpose dies when I step into that. But also I'm baptized into his life. 
That means I can step into who God's created me to be. I can step into my purpose. I can step into hope. I can step into free, indeed, freedom. On the cross, Jesus took upon himself the worst of me so that I could become the best of me. On the cross, Jesus became the curse. Jesus became the worst of you so that you could become the best of you. God wants the best for you. God wants freedom for you this morning. Whatever's holding you back, whatever area of control in your life that you're trying to control yourself, God says, give it to me and you step into freedom. See, that stress and that anxiety, that control, just hand it over to me. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to try and fix it. Just hand it over and you step into freedom. You know, I find now when I'm in Christ and I'm experiencing this free indeed freedom, when I don't worry about trying to work things out for myself, stuff starts to happen that I'm like, how did that happen? I shared last week about how I was with my, uh, my counsellor was talking to me about the anxiety that I was feeling was based on control and me trying to control my finances. And since then, I've kind of stepped out of control of finances. I've still been stewarding and giving and trying my best not to just spend ridiculously and stuff. But I've let go of control. I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I am not my provider. I'm not my family's provider. God is my provider. I've let go of control. And since then, you know, we stepped into a season from about September last year where there was not enough money to pay our salaries every single month. There wasn't. There wasn't enough money. Like, and by a long way. But every single month since September, in just enough money, like literally to the pound sometimes, has come in to pay our salaries every single month for the last six or seven months. But the most amazing thing about that is the whole time I've not experienced stress or anxiety about it. Because I just know God's going to come through for me. Even if the money doesn't come in that month and we somehow don't pay the wages. I know that in some way, God's going to get me through it. God's not going to let me go without. You know, if a bag of shopping appears at my door miraculously, God's going to look after me. I don't need to worry about it. I've let go of control. And God's going to do it. And it's just amazing. The other day I sat down because um, we have to submit our accounts and all that kind of stuff for tax. <laughs> the numbers don't actually add up. When I work it out, I, like, I keep finding all these holes and I'm like, I don't know how we paid our salary that month. Because according to this, the, the, I don't know how that happened. When you step in, into the free and deep freedom of God, you'll start to notice things happen and you have no idea how it happened. I have no idea how we're in screen three right now. I have no idea how this church started with me and my wife, Ben and his wife and our kids in my front room. And now we're in here. People have got saved. People have got set free. We've given thousands and thousands of pounds to the poor. I have no idea how that happens because we've stepped into the free indeed freedom of God and said, God, a man is not in charge of this church. God is in charge of this church. And our vision is Jesus. 